0: hey guys welcome to the seven figure box podcast my name is andrew freza and today we're going to be talking about becoming a professional coach and this idea of turning pro is something that i talked a little bit about in episode 19 but i talked about it more from the business owner's perspective and not so much from the coach's perspective so today's episode we're really going to focus on how to turn pro as a coach and create a career in this industry and creating professional coaches is something that we've talked about for a while at CrossFit Palm Beach, but we're really starting to focus on, especially over the last 12 to 18 months, as, as one of our primary focuses here. And it's something that we feel like we're fighting for each and every day at CrossFit Palm Beach. It's something that really isn't very uh, common in our industry, especially in CrossFit. It's a little bit more common in the fitness industry in general, but in CrossFit, it's really pretty rare. And I personally feel that we're finally in a good place where we're really knocking on the doorstep of having our entire team being those professional career type coaches. We already have a few, um, and we're getting closer and closer to having our, our entire team be that career type of coach. But one of the problems that I see in our industry is that we have owners and coaches that are sort of waiting for the other party to turn pro before they decide to turn pro themselves. So you have these owners out there that are complaining that there aren't good enough coaches out there that will do the things, whether that be on the floor while they're coaching or doing the things off the floor to support the class experience and to support, support their coaching to tr- create that career for themselves. And then there's coaches out there that are complaining that you know there's no gyms out there that are offering true career opportunities with salaries and benefits that would allow them to do this full time and eventually buy a house, support a family, retire, all that good stuff. So neither, one, neither side is willing to put in the effort because they don't see the other side putting in the effort. And I see this as kind of like a chicken and egg scenario. And I think we can debate all day long about like who needs to step up first, but ultimately I've found that you need both. You need coaches and owners that are working together every single day to create a better business and in turn create opportunities for each other. And that both parties have to put themselves out there a little bit. They have to kind of work for free in a sense to try to help that other party out and just kind of hope that it takes them into a good spot, okay? So one of the ways that we've tried to move ourselves closer to this recently at CrossFit Palm Beach is we did a little exercise with our team the other day where um, in one of our team meetings, we brainstormed what does it mean to turn pro as a coach? What are all the things that we can develop as habits and skills as coaches to turn pro as, as a coach and move ourselves closer to this career opportunity. And actually after doing that exercise, my brother and I reflected kind of back towards ourselves and we, we came up with a pay increase for our coaches that will help move them closer to making this a career. So the way that I introduced this brainstorming session to our coaches that I wanna talk about with you guys is I see a lot of parallels between the gym industry and the restaurant industry. And I like to use this as an example because it's always easier to look at other industries and kind of look at other people's problems instead of our own. And I see a coach much like a chef at a restaurant, right? You could be a chef at McDonald's and barely making minimum wage, right? Or you could be a chef at a local restaurant for us, like there's a place called Food Shack here in Jupiter, which is like a local gem. They catered my wedding a few years ago and I'm sure it's a place that a lot of local chefs would aspire to work at um, and be a chef at. And a lot of their chefs probably make good career wages at that that type of a restaurant. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's just my guess, right? Or another example is one of our our members here at CrossFit Palm Beach is, is a chef at the Breakers, which is a, a really high-end resort in Palm Beach. And I'm personally fascinated by what she does. And I have a lot of respect for her and what she does. And I'm always asking her questions about about work just because I'm interested in what she does, right? Or we could take this a step further, and you could talk about someone who's the head chef at one of the top 50 restaurants in the world, like 11 Madison Park in New York City, which was just featured um, on a recent Netflix special, uh, the show Seven Days Out. So there's all these different levels, these different tiers that we can fall under, right? And, And just having this label as coach or fitness trainer doesn't really say a lot at this point. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I believe that at CrossFit Palm Beach and all around the US, all around the world, we're we're constantly in a battle to kind of move ourselves up this list. And I think for a while CrossFit coaches and probably still today have really only been seen as a couple steps above that McDonald's chef, right? We're not far above that. People who do CrossFit have a lot of respect for us as coaches but very few people outside of our industry would view our position with any type of real prestige. And really up until this point, people who are interested in coaching, they haven't exactly been knocking down our walls to become CrossFit coaches and to pursue this as a career. You know, we're lucky enough now at CrossFit Palm Beach where that's starting to be the case for us, but for most CrossFit gyms, the people who are showing interest in these positions are still mostly looking at it as a hobby more than a true career opportunity. And we're really on a mission to change that. And I want to encourage any of you guys who are coaches or owners out there that are listening to this to be a part of that change and to start working towards that each and every day, right? We have to turn pro before we have to. We have to do the actions of a professional before we're forced into that professional role. Right? We might not be paid as a professional yet, but we have to start putting the work in immediately. Because when that opportunity arises, you're only going to be able to fall back on the mindset, the skill set, the habits that you already have in place. And if you're put in a position where you're in front of someone like me who's in a position to hire career type coaches, I'm going to see it, I'm going to look for a track record of being a professional. I'm not just going to hope. That you can step it up and and excel once you arrive right one of my favorite quotes that sums this up is we don't rise to the level of our expectations we fall to the level of our training right we have to adopt the habits of a, of a professional so we can attract a professional opportunity right or possibly you're actually already in a position where your gym has a path for you to become a professional coach and you're waiting for things to happen around you before you put in that extra effort And don't do that. Don't wait for those opportunities to be thrown your way before you start putting in the work. Go above and beyond now, and it's likely there will be an endless amount of opportunities that are thrown your way, okay? So enough about the the intro on this topic. I think you guys kind of get the point with that. Let's talk about some of our ideas that we brainstorm about what it means to turn pro as a coach, okay? First and foremost, we have to present ourselves as a professional each day, okay? That's doing things like wearing a uniform, right? If your stat, if your uh, gym doesn't have uniforms for you, then purchase shirts, purchase shirts with their logo on it, and wear those every single day, right? It's hygiene. It's being clean-shaven, showered, having a clean breath. It's never coaching exhausted or sweaty or or dirty. Like you, you've showered, you've taken care of yourself. You look ready, um, you know, ready to coach and ready to do it in a professional way. You're not eating or drinking on the floor. You don't have a protein shake in your hand or a coffee. You're not texting while coaching or checking your phone. You're fully present in that class experience or in that personal training setting, in that meeting. Okay, It means being early and prepared for everything that you do. Okay, When it comes to classes, we're ready to coach class 15 minutes prior to class. Then the 10 minutes prior to that class, we're building relationships, we're on the floor. Okay? Same with the 10 minutes after class, we're We're uh, building relationships, then we're organizing the gym, cleaning up, doing those things to prepare that next class to have that same great experience. It means being early to meetings and personal training sessions and seminars. It means having notes and preparation done prior to showing up for that thing, right? One of the things that we talk about with our coaches is prepare for a meeting even if you're not the person leading that meeting. Come ready to share topics, discuss things, be an active participant, in each meeting that you're a part of, even if you don't have that role as being the leader in that meeting. Because if you ever want to lead that meeting eventually, you're gonna need to have that same preparation in place. Okay, another thing we talk about with meetings is is taking notes. If you guys are ever in a meeting or at a seminar, one of the best ways to make yourself stand out is to take notes, okay? Not only does that build retention for yourself, right? Just the physical act of writing something down, it increases our chances of remembering that thing by two or three times and that's just a made-up number but i know from doing it that it definitely increases your chances of remembering stuff um, a huge amount okay but not only that you're going to be you're going to put yourself into uh, a better position whoever's leading that seminar or meeting is going to think higher of you and opportunities are going to come your way because you're going to stand out as someone who pays attention, takes notes, wants to be there. And if you're at a seminar with you know, Chris Hinshaw and, and he sees you scribbling notes, he sees you following up with ask, asking questions, that's something that you could maybe develop a relationship with him that might lead, who knows where, but it might lead to a coaching opportunity in the future that you have no idea about. And it's all about doing the little things like taking notes in a meeting, okay? next thing is utilizing tools to stay organized and improve your efficiency so the number one tool that every coach every owner should be listening uh, that's listening to this should be using is a digital calendar you should have a calendar that's on your computer it's on your phone that you know exactly what's going to be happening each day and each week and you can plan your day plan your your uh, attack on a day or a week in advance, you're not just at the mercy of what is being thrown your way. Okay, another big one is True Coach. If you're going to be doing any type of programming for individuals, you need to start using that right away. Don't wait until you have a full book of business before you start using a tool like True Coach, which is going to maximize your efficiency. And it's it's a skill set, right? It takes a while to learn something like True Coach. So if you're trying to wait till you have five or ten or fifteen people in your book of business, it's going to be too late. You have to start learning that thing and implementing it right from day one. Um, another one that I see a lot is working on a computer or a laptop instead of your phone. Right? We have a lot of of people that try to do their work on a, on a phone, and it just leads to distraction. Right? You get caught up in social media, you get caught up in email, and you're just not as effective as you could be. So. If you're getting work done, get it done on a computer, get it done on a laptop, turn off notifications and put some deep work in, put in some actual focus work on that thing, okay? It's, it's things like hooking up your phone or Bluetooth in your car so every time you drive, you're listening to an educational podcast or an audiobook that can make you better instead of just listening to you know the same old radio or talk radio that's not gonna move you forward in that position. Um, Another big tool that we talked about in a recent episode is the power list, right? Doing something like a power list for daily productivity where you're figuring out what are some of the key opportunities and tasks that I can take on that are actually going to drive me forward. Not just the things things that are going to get me through this week, but are going to get me to some of my long-term five-year, 10-year goals. All of these tools are a way for us to create a routine and create a more structured schedule for ourselves. We want to use deadlines. Professionals have deadlines. Professionals have set hours that they're working and they're not working. Professionals are willing to work for free, knowing that it can lead to bigger and better opportunities in the future, right? And it's all about how we show up each and every day. A professional is consistent. If you talk to any professional athlete about what makes them successful, almost all of them will point to guys that had more talent than them they'll point to people that could beat them on any given night but the difference between someone who's able to do it for a day versus an entire career is how they show up each and every day it's their consistency from day to day so as a coach it's that attitude and energy that we show up with it's creating a class experience that is consistent with your other coaches Right? It's not just about being great yourself, but also being in line with the rest of your, your staff and your gym. So there's a consistent class experience from the first class of the day to the last. It's things like continuing education and constant improvement and investing in yourself. So finding books, finding podcasts, finding seminars and certifications that you can constantly expand your knowledge and learn. Um, but I think the biggest one is investing yourself on a deeper level in the same way you ask your clients to. right? If you've never paid for personal training, if you don't have a coach yourself and you're asking a lot of your clients to pay for these things, it's gonna be hard to sell those to the degree that you could if you knew the value of them and you really uh, deep down in your heart felt like those things were worthwhile because you were paying for those things yourself. Okay, So investing in yourself by having a coach, paying for skill sessions, You know, you don't have to do those things indefinitely. But if you've never seen the value yourself, how are you going to get that your clients to see the value in those things? Another big one is practicing what you preach and leading by example, right? We don't want to be the out of shape stress trainer. We want to take care of our fitness, our nutrition, our mindset, our habits, our sleep. We want to create balance in our life. When we're in classes, we want to be the athlete in classes that we want our athletes to aspire to be. We want to take the class from start to finish. We want to pay attention. We want to be that ideal client in those classes, right? We don't gossip about our other athletes, right? We don't, we don't have doctors and lawyers talking about other clients behind their back. If a problem comes up, we're working towards solutions about those clients instead of dwelling on people or issues right and that extends to social media we're leading by example on social media both from a public level and a private level next part about being a professional coach is putting the team first and then putting the client experience first we need to first and foremost see ourselves as part of a team and not just be in in it for our own individual needs we need to be excited to make sacrifices for the betterment of the team even if we don't believe that thing's going to help us out individually And then we need to be able to communicate. We need to be able to communicate when things are working, when they aren't working, when a relationship with a coworker or boss could be better. All of that stuff is on us as the coach to take care of and take ownership of. And then when it comes to the client experience, it's little things. It's little things that a lot of us don't think about, but we need to be willing to do if we wanna be treated as a professional. It's things like parking your car in the furthest spot away from the gym so that way you can keep the prime spots available for members so that way if a member is running late or it's a busy class time and you're running out of spots there's always a nearby spot for that that member to be able Mm -hmm. to step into right it means when you're in the middle of a workout or Uh, a a training session or recording a podcast like this you're willing to step away from that thing to help out a client because that person comes first it means not leaving your food or your gear your bag out where members can see them you're always mindful of not just the class experience but the entire experience from the time they park through the walk through walking in the doors and how can you maximize that experience for them It means staying true to your word. So when you or the business promises something, you uphold that. You follow through with it. You know, if you say, hey, I'm going to follow up with you within 24 hours, you got to do that. You got to stay true to your word. It means taking on jobs and tasks that will support the team and support the gym that may not be yours right it might mean cleaning it might mean answering the work phone it might mean refilling toilet paper some of these things might be duties of yours that that are expectations but some of these things might be other people's expectations that you have to take care of if it's affecting the client experience and you have the ability to improve it right and it comes down to creating results for your clients that's the final piece of it is if we want to be treated as a professional, we need to be able to not only do these little things to make the client experience great, but we need to ultimately be able to create results for our clients because that's why they're coming to us. Okay, And all of this leads to the final point, which is to get compensated like a professional. And compensating like a professional is on you as a coach. It's on your business as well. right? It means charging what you're worth and what you need to make or want to make, not what others can afford to pay, right? We have to take into consideration what is the value that we can offer, but most coaches undercharge because they're trying to guess what others can afford to pay instead of understanding the value they provide and charging what they're worth. And when it comes to value in your time, you need to know when to stop working for free and actually ask for a sale. You know, you need to be willing to work for free in the first place and offer help, but you need to know where to draw that line, right? You're not, you might spend three minutes after class helping someone with their muscle ups or their pull ups, but you're not gonna spend more than that. You're not gonna spend 10 or 30 minutes doing that. And once it goes beyond a few minutes, that's where you have to say, hey, let's, I think we should dive deeper into this, into a skill session. You know, from the owner side of things, it means providing things like paid time off and continuing education and health insurance and retirement opportunities. Those are things that owners should be working towards. And then the magic number that that we all kind of decided on was if we can get our coaches to $70,000 annually, that really is a number that most of our coaches would be super happy with. And there's uh, some data behind that number as well. It's I think it's somewhere between 70, 80,000, which is if you can make in that range, that that is actually where happiness and fulfillment kind of peaks and really up until 70,000 the strain of not having enough money and having that not having that financial freedom to pay all your bills and and you know go on vacation here and there and to buy you know gifts every once in a while that stress leads to less happiness but anything over 80,000 doesn't actually lead to any more happiness and sometimes leads to in most cases less happiness because people begin chasing money at the expense of those happiness um, metrics, right? So we're trying to get all of our coaches to at least 70K because that's what we believe is a good number that maximizes that happiness and fulfillment. Okay, so that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you'll join us on this effort to professionalize the coaching role and to help make true career opportunities for yourself and other coaches like you out there.